Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. All right, so Charles, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited about this because we've been inside for a long time. (laughs) Inside, inside. Inside, inside. Thank you so much for joining me on season five of the Fearless Kia podcast. I know initially this was supposed to be at a studio, but God had different plans. It's a fact. And I ain't gonna, you know, I ain't gonna question his motives. No questions. I ain't gonna question his <laughs> motives. But <laughs> I want to start out the podcast with just saying I hope everyone is staying at home, staying safe during this global pandemic. Things are escalating day by day. So please take this seriously. I know here in LA we are, but just across the United States, across the globe. If you're listening, please, please, please stay at home. So I usually like to start off the podcast with kind of a quote of the day or to get us into the conversation, Charles, just to give you some context. So the quote of the day that I'm using is coming from this book called Vibrate Higher Daily by Layla Delilah. So the quote goes, reflect on this for a moment. Some of the most beautiful, empowering, fulfilling days of your life are still out there all heading your way. How divine. Mm. So as we get into this week's podcast guest, I am sitting here with Charles Kirkendall, who was yeah. born and raised in... You're right. Say you're right. Say you're right? <laughs> yes. Okay, you, good. Of course you did. You know my name. Yeah. Born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. He attended DuPont University in Greencastle, Indiana, majoring in communications. Charles has always had a passion for connecting people, which led to his interest in human resources. After graduating, he embarked on a career in financial services in New York City and held roles at major investment banks such as Barclays Capital and J.P. Morgan Chase. There, he served in a number of capacities, but found his true passion as a recruiter. Charles later stepped into the tech industry, recruiting for Facebook and Airbnb before taking on his role currently as the head of talent acquisition for Play Yes. Oh, say that again. That sounded Ooh, real good. Of talent acquisition for Play yes. Don't get me started. You know Don't get me started. Outside of recruiting, Charles continued his focus on making a broader impact, having created Black men at Facebook while there and serving as the lead for Black at LA while there. He is also the creator of Black Cooperative in Los Angeles. He is also the founder of R&B House Party, who has partnered with Revolt TV, AT&T, Blavity G, Afrocept, Wow. How you know all that? (laughs) Don't count my my money. (laughs) Okay. And has successfully hosted over 30 events across the United States in only three years. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Charles Kirkendall. Yo, I appreciate it. I am am so happy to be here. You know, I've known you. What did you say? When you hear all that back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm floored. Like, that's that's a crazy bio. That's a crazy bio. How you feeling right now? So I wanted to start before we even got into the discussion to just ask you, how are you? How are you feeling? How is the family during this time? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm good. Um, This has kind of been a self-imposed slowdown or not a self-imposed slowdown a forced slowdown in me. I mean, for three years, I traveled maybe 80% of the year, like mm. 80% of every weekend I'm in a different city. And so this has caused me to really like be at home, be present, spend time with my son, spend time with my wife, focus on my 
career that I just started. So um, I've been, I've really been using it to kind of reset, rewind. Yeah. Um, also, you know, with all that normally is going on in our lives, you're a friend of mine, so you know, we do a lot, you know, it just was helped to rethink about priorities. Yeah. Um, and like all this stuff that I put so much emphasis on and spent so many sleepless nights focusing on at the end of the day, is it really that important? Mm. When we come out of this, it's going to be a shift back to what really, really, really at our core, at our nucleus, at our foundation really matters. And it's not this gold that I'll be trying to purge. It's not these shoes and, you know, clout outfits that I like to have on. It's going to be really like, who's there for you? Who do you care about? How do you make them feel? How do you uh, make somebody else feel? And I think that that's a shift this world kind of needed. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I think God is trying to tell us to be still. Yeah. Um, but I want to get into today's conversation. So I usually like to start out and just jump right in and ask you, what is your deepest fear? Wow. What is my deepest fear? Um, I would say not being who God called me to be and mm-hmm. being broke. Mm. Those are my two deepest fears. Um, I say that second one facetiously, that's kind of a joke. Uh, but you know, I grew up not really knowing how poor we were. I had, you know, my mom did a good job of covering that by Christmas having the one major gift that that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, not really paying attention to some of the signals of other people having, and we have not. And you know, I just, I just want to be able to provide and and for my family the way that you know my mom did everything in her power to provide for me. So you know, being broke. <laughs> as facetious as, as I am when I say that, because I know I talk about I'm being broke, baby. but I really focus on making sure I can provide. Like that is a top priority. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I say, I like not reaching my full potential or, or, or manifesting what God has planned for me. Because I mean, I look at 31 years of life and the twists and turns, the ups and downs that my career, that my business, that my relationships have all led me to be at this point of having a family, being a homeowner, having a bustling business, an amazing career. And I'm just like, bro, it's it's from having a yes mentality. Can you hear CJ? It's fine. Okay. <laughs> He's out there going crazy. <laughs> um, but having a yes mentality and really, you know, being thoughtful about my decision makings and being prayerful in my decision makings and, you know, really trying to trust the plan God has for my life. And that sometimes that road has been crazy for other people to hear, like relocating while your wife is nine months pregnant. Like that sounds crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Like a crazy (laughs) thing. But you know, something like that has changed my life 10 times over. So yeah, always just trying to be in a place where um, I'm in position to be able to say yes, or, you know, have that next thing, that next challenge come my way. Absolutely. How do you define being broke and what does life being poor look like to you? Because when we look at um, here, we have to envision like, this is the, this is what I don't want, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I define it. And this is what I don't want. So how do you define that? And, and what does that life look like to you? Yeah. The richness for me, because I'm surrounded by a lot of actual rich people, so I feel poor all the time. So the richness to me is fulfillment. And I have fulfillment in my career. I have fulfillment in, you know, where we're at from a socioeconomic standpoint of my family. Um, And, you know, what I don't want is when I have my son coming in and he wants this specific thing, I'm not not giving it because I can't afford it. I want 
I'm not giving it because you didn't earn it or you don't deserve it. Or I want this to be a learning lesson for you. I don't ever want it to be because I can't do it that I'm not, you know, given or given whatever that situation is. And I, I don't want to make it into a tangible thing, but foreign exchange programs and have an opportunity to go to different countries, yeah. and things that I didn't get to do as a child. Like this boy has a passport, you know, at two years old, he's been to multiple yeah. countries. But I'm just saying, like, I want to be able to give him every experience. If he likes music, uh, be able to give him the best piano lessons. You know what I'm saying? So just mm-hmm. have to be in a position to be able to do for him and whatever that passion, those dreams are, being able to invest in it and curate it and give him the best opportunity to be who he wants to be. Absolutely. Do you feel that the fear of not just being broke, but also not being called to what God has you know, it's still upon your life. Do you feel that that stems from anything that has been traumatizing or eye-opening in your life or an experience? Yeah, um, I would say losing it all was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. Um, and a lot of people, you know, now we are our generation, we Gen Gen Y, <laughs> and we are in senior level positions now. Mm-hmm. We have all of our stuff together, and our ish no longer stinks. And we just forget about our twenties. We forget about that time we got let go. We forget about you know the journey to get to where we are. And I, every time I have something positive happen in my life, I reflect back on the negative. Um, and and, and it's really like a motivator. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Ernst Young in 2013, was there six months. They let me go. This is the first time I did not have a job. You know, mm-hmm. New York, when you introduce yourself, first thing they ask you is, what do you do? Where do you work? You can't go to a happy hour networking event without saying that. Yeah. And I was so self-conscious. I probably lost out on potential roles because I was so afraid to tell people I didn't have a job. Um, and so losing that job, not being financially responsible at that point in time, having to move out of Manhattan and apartment, you know, financial district, moving to Brooklyn and really having to reshape what my life looked like. Mm-hmm. That was very humbling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what and, was your mental space like at that time? Oh, it was a bad mental space. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was so bad. I didn't feel like myself. I, I didn't have that confidence. Uh, but honestly, I would say at, at that point, it was probably more arrogance. I was in finance. I wore a suit and tie every day. Right. And I walked around with an aura uh, about me. <laughs> um, and I think that that has shifted post that, that traumatic experience into more of like a confidence and appreciation. You know what I mean? I know I'm good at my job, but it, it comes off differently now than it probably did before. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Do you feel that there are certain measures that you took whether it's at that time or throughout your journey where you wanted to ensure that you stayed on course to manifest your destiny? Yeah. Um, I would say the, the, the biggest thing for me was truly believing that I had a gift with people um, mm. and that has manifested in multiple ways. You sure I mean, do. You sure do. manifested into a party business and that really is just a people business. And I manifested into a recruitment career and that's really just a people business. And I, I had to hone in on uh, trusting my ability to tap into what I'm good at naturally um, and trying to quantify and, and try and um, turn those things into revenue streams. Yeah. But when I pivoted, out of finance into this recruiting thing. It was an entry level job, making more than making less than I did when I graduated from college. You know what I'm saying? I just had to trust that if I'm doing something I'm passionate about, something that I believe wholeheartedly I'm good at, that the money was going to eventually come. And fortunately enough, it did. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. And trust in your strengths, right? And yeah. how to leverage those things. I remember, um, for those who don't know me and Charles, as well as his line brother, and my soror, Emily used to throw a big backyard, lit, lit. I told somebody we got to bring that back. We got to bring that we back. We got to bring that back. Lit summer cookout in the backyard. And, and to be honest, that was like playground for your hosting because you, mm-hmm. you used to take over the mic and it'd be. Lit. That is I a fact. Back, that like, was before I started doing parties. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's hundred people in my backyard. I'm like, well, I'm headed to for the car to a point that people in Brooklyn was like, so uh, yeah, this is the yeah, invite that cool. I was waiting for all summer long. <laughs> like, I just needed that, you know. So shout out, cool kids only. That cool was that was a moment right moment in New York City. But it, it's it's so crazy that when even you say that, and even even knowing you since New York days, and seeing you manifest that into. Uh, your career, just connecting with people, but also R&B house party. I want that shifts me over to kind of the career component of this, and knowing that you are an entrepreneur and you're also the founder of R&B House Party, which is for those who don't know, an energetic and inclusive experience where young multicultural professionals can authentically celebrate each other and life. Can you speak to the importance of creating your own lane? I would say that's that's paramount. Um, I think when you think about creating your own lane, everybody says, find your niche, find your, your passion, like whatever that is, um, you got to tap into that. And it's, it's just so many avenues where people can ultimately do something new and fresh because each one of us are different, man. And I, I talk on the phone and we obviously are in a time now where diversity really matters. But I'm saying, I'm telling people like, it's not just diversity of skin color, it's diversity of thought. And every single person, even if it's all black people, each one of us has a different perspective based on our upbringing. So whatever your thoughts are, whatever your passions are, whatever your interests may be, there's going to be somebody that's going to align to that. Yeah. Um, and again, everything does not have to be for revenue. It could just be a passion project. It could be to help you. It could be for whatever, um, uh, whatever it is, but you got to tap into that. You got to be willing to take a leap, take that first step um, and and build on that thought. You know, I have tattooed on my chest, faith without works is dead. Um, You can have as much faith. uh, You got must see faith. You can have large body faith, but if you're not putting forth any action, it doesn't matter. So the, the, the power as I always say, isn't actually doing and actually trying and stepping out on proverbial faith and, and and do something. You already know what don't, not doing looks like because you're not doing it every day right now <laughs> why don't you try doing it and when i started the parties and i, I knew what not doing it was i knew what you know going to tacos tequila and trap looked like mm-hmm. i didn't know what doing my own thing looked like right um now you know and if it wasn't for shereen pushing me shereen's my wife by the way she pushed me and was like yo do it step out on faith and now three four years later i'm no more for that than anything else come so, on and that's how you want it to be, because at the end of the day, you know, whether we're at this job, that job, that job, when you have your own, this is my own. I created this. <laughs> yes. And maybe all from this. Yeah. <laughs> I created yeah. this myself. So, but speaking of, to your point about faith in God, you were killing it in the tech industry. You were working at Facebook up in um, San Francisco, Bay yep. Area, to then coming to Los Angeles to Airbnb. And now you're in your current role as the head of talent acquisition for Play VS, which is in the gaming industry. So a yeah. little shift is still within tech, but yeah. how has your faith in God impacted your career journey? And did you ever doubt yourself in each movement? 
Oh yeah. I always doubt of myself. Um, I would say the, the moment I got that Facebook job and also had a, a job offer with Google, I was like, yo, my life is about to change substantially. Um, and then to get into Facebook, overcome that imposter syndrome, get promoted, be in a space where things were going really well. Um, and they kind of even embraced what I was doing outside of work. And if I was in finance, they wouldn't embrace the R&B house mm-hmm. party like that. I would have had to kind of separate church and state, if you will. Um, that level of comfort where, you know, I was open about my business. I was open about who I am as a person and it was aligning very well professionally. I didn't want to lose that. Mm. Um, but, you know, I just kept feeling a pull to LA. Like every quarter when I was living in a Bay, I would find myself in LA. I would find myself, you know, happy here. And and one of the major reasons why I ultimately took the job, Shereen didn't really like the Bay. Um, and it was like, our marriage was kind of suffering a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have crazy, crazy problems, but Shereen wasn't Shereen y'all see now all dressed up. She didn't want to go nowhere. She didn't want to do nothing. And so, you know, when your family's suffering and, and she made a leap to let me dream chase to begin with, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Lord, is is this, is this LA thing really where you want me to be? Like, and if you are, you don't get me wrong. I tested them. I said, if you are, you know, I'm going to have this crazy price in my head. If mm-hmm. I'm supposed to take this job, this is my number. Right. Period. Like I, I when I tell you, I was just so down. on this number. I was like, it is what it is because I don't need this job. I don't need to move. I didn't need to change. That was really my approach. Um, and then God exceeded that number, right? And it's just like all of a sudden, all right. <laughs> well, heard if, this, you. Heard if, you. if this is what if this is what you're trying to do. Cool. So we, we moved down here without Shereen even having a backup plan for her career. Um, and again, that's very selfless of her. And we could talk about that uh, if you want to get into all of that. We got, we got, um, we got, we got that coming up. We got uh, coming up. <laughs> and, you know, Airbnb, again, going extremely well. I'm building stuff. I'm making so many connections. I'm doing different partnerships. Shout out Complex, who we partner with. Uh, shout out YouTube and Google, who we partner with. And it was just really becoming a thing. And, um, uh, the CEO play play versus my guy Delane just really started pouring in at me and talking to me about his business and letting me know that I was the person that he wanted for this role as they were built out. And I was just like, nah, man, not again. I'm I'm comfortable. I'm happy. Mm. It was a lot of words and to my in, in my opinion, it was a lot of excuses. Uh, I didn't want to have to relearn another job. I didn't want to have to switch my work and I was I didn't want to have to have a longer commute. It was all these reasons, no. Uh, but it was clear that there was only one reason, you know what I mean? The motivation behind saying yes. And it was like being able to show young black men in these very senior level positions, which is not something that we oftentimes saw growing up. And even still, we talk about, you know, oh, there's no senior level leadership who look like me. I'm the only one in the room. I said, this is opportunity at this one company. No, it's not at a thousand companies, but at this company, there'll be two people in the room that look like me. And I, and, and, and that, that kind of was what the driving factor was. And obviously COVID-19 happens and there's a huge impact on the travel industry. And I was like, well, God was trying to get me over in the game. And before that, um, and so that's why I say, I just, I just trust. He I have faith. You. you trusted him and he knew you, right? Man. The timing. Talk about divine timing and alignment, huh? Divine timing. Like it, mm. it's absolutely crazy. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I just, I just try to walk in faith. As walking in faith and manifesting your destiny and what God has called you to do, how do you not lose yourself at the expense of the acclaim 
and the mm. attention that you're now gaining? Mm. That's wow. That's a great question. Girl, it's hard. Okay. It's hard. Um, it's hard. But like I said, I always I go back to when I had nothing. Mm. And I realize that all of this stuff can be taken away in a heartbeat. Mm. Uh, all it takes is one call, a company goes under, one call, somebody for a lot of sorrow, I don't want to waste it by shooting that apart. All it takes is one thing, and this stuff can be snatched away. Yeah. So while it, it is great to, you know, get the quote-unquote glory from your hard work and seeing the proverbial fruits of your labor and all of that it's a it's a thin line between you know being grateful and being flaunty you know what i mean mm. and I've, I've i've been flaunty and even still you know what i mean people be like charles you got this you, you know what i mean i'm like don't get me wrong now we're hard now we're hard. but at the end of the day if somebody a friend of mine needed something, I would give them the shirt off my back. And I trust and believe that they know that when they come to my house, I'm like, I don't want nothing from nobody. I don't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm all about giving. That's um, not, and that is, that's just how I walk. I walk in giving. So if, even though I, I do have some stuff, if it came down to me doing something for somebody else, I would do it in a heartbeat and I think twice about it. I, I did a shoe giveaway and somebody was like, oh, you must not have been able to sell them back. And I was just like, what? I was like, how about I just want to give somebody a pair of shoes? This brand new, that you know what I mean? Like I was like, this is crazy. It's crazy how people think. But like I said, if you're doing stuff for the right reason, have good intentions, then you ain't gotta worry about what nobody else thinks. Yeah. Speaking of how people think, can you talk about the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people? Oh wow. Yeah, man. You can't you can't surround yourself with small-mindedness. Um, you gotta be in in spaces that you're equally yoked with the people around you. Mm. Um, because you'll start to get in that space where you feel in yourself if you're surrounded by people who are not doing as good as you. If you're the best person mm. in your group, you need a new group. I'm I'm literally surrounded by people who talk about it. Who constantly inspire me, who constantly make me feel like I'm not doing enough, which is why I feel like I, I go so hard. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm seeing other people follow their passions. I'm seeing people start businesses. I'm seeing people uh take leaps of faith and, and do certain things. I'm like, wow so great to see that and you know what i mean it's not a it's not about like competition or anything like that whatsoever but you know what i mean you can you can be inspired by your friends for sure so having a group in a circle that's not just about being complacent not just about saying oh i'm just gonna do this nine to five i'm just gonna stay here i don't want to get promoted i don't want to do anything i just want to be okay with the status quo you don't want to surround yourself with those type of people. You want to surround yourself with people who a are doing things, but b will also challenge you. C will, yeah. you know what I mean. Hear your ideas and poke holes in it. And and, and don't get me wrong. Some people that's like, oh, don't share your idea with everybody because they might be thinking too small and not thinking that is possible. But I think that you 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 can have both. You can have people who you know what I mean just a motivation friends. You need people who can poke holes in it and say, okay, mm-hmm. let me look at it from this perspective. Let me be the devil's advocate of that and help you really build um, substance and and concreteness around some of your ideas and then you start to implement it and again just do because the learning is in the journey but then you just start to do but you could do it more strategically yeah for sure um and in having those conversations with people how do you decipher who is for you and who's looking to benefit off of you Ooh, you should ask my wife that she she think that i'm just too nice <laughs> i believe i'm literally i believe the best in people man like um, I didn't get here on my own. That's that's the stance that I have. So I'm constantly pouring into other people, taking time out of my day to give advice. 
uh, whether that's professionally, whether that's building a business. However, I, I literally like to just be an open book um, right. in terms of like people trying to use it. I mean, you can start to feel it uh, when, when it's like a constant one-sidedness. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't judge relationships and friendships and partnerships based on like one for one tip for tat. I will give 10 without expecting one. Right. But at some point, and it's like, it don't have to be equal playing field. If I give you a thousand, you give me a dollar, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? If, if I know that dollar is, is good coming from you, but, and I, I didn't mean to make it financial, but I just wanted to emphasize. I wanted to right. emphasize like the, 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 the scale, right? the scale, the scale of what you would give um, me. While, you know what I mean? But if it's constantly that thousand turning, two thousand turning, three thousand, and let's say it's favors, let's say it's introductions, let's say it's anything, and then you ain't ever introduced me to nobody, not even your mama. It don't have to be no professional contact right. to your mama. Just let me feel like you appreciate oh. what I'm doing. Um, and so that's probably the only time I would ever I've ever felt like, you know, I'm being taken advantage of. But again, if I'm doing it with a pure heart, it's might not my blessing might not come back from you. And I'm cool with that. My blessing might come seven times, seven places further along with by somebody else. And I'm cool with that because I'm just constantly investing good energy, good thoughts, being helpful. And, you know, just know that the the, the best is going to happen for me, too. And I think God has blessed you time and time over, as we can see, with Woo! how you not just move with your career, but with your company, your own entrepreneurship. You. And now even let's talk about marriage and fatherhood, because yeah. at 30, to have marriage a child you know your yeah. family your own business to yeah. be the head of talent acquisition yeah. at versus yeah Crazy. Say god ain't blessing you honey he ain't got his <laughs> favor happening over there okay <laughs> god playing favorites is great god is over here playing favorites now but i want to go into marriage and fatherhood because i know that you sat on a panel for complex and live nation you really spoke about the importance of your role as not just a husband, but as a father. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, I know you touched upon this a little earlier, but how has your beautiful wife, Shireen, propelled you into the man you are today? Wow. Well, I mean, it's multifaceted because, you know, she in her own right is a popping profession. You know, when I started out in the streets, don't know this. Let's talk. It's fearless kill. Let's talk. Let's I started talk. out in New York City. I was known as Shireen's boyfriend because she's like, known in the bronze, you know, she's legacy in New York. So when I'll be out there, like, you, you Shereen boyfriend? And I'm like, yo, I got a name, beloved. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean now? And now everybody's like, oh, that's Charles' wife. But back in the day, I was Shereen's boyfriend. And I say that in context of like, she is a professional. She's a master's in human resource graduate. She has a bustling career. She's a strategic thinker. And like, as much as I am potentially like COO, because mm. I'm the one actually operating and, and doing things. She's CEO. I run everything by this woman. Yes. And, you know, she's a strategist. She's a sounding board. She knows when to push. She knows when to let off. She knows when to let me be. Uh, but n- from being a recruiter, I wouldn't be in this field if it wasn't for her. We both mm-hmm. were working at in, in finance and we both wanted a recruiting job. And she actually was the one that got me my job. Um, at Ernst & Young, which was the first step to me actually becoming a recruiter, because had that not gone badly, I would have never became a recruiter. Um, and then R&B House Party, she was the one that pushed me off the ledge and, uh, you know, jumping and, and doing yeah. a party for the first time. So um, I give full credit to her in that regard. But at the same time, like 
her relationship with God got to be different because I don't know that if the roles were reversed, as much as I want to say that it would be the exact same and I would support her in the way that she supported me, if I were nine months pregnant, just just, just follow me here. Yeah. And you say you want to move away from my mom, away from all my friends, away from my hometown to a place that we never even visited, mm. a job. Hmm. Would I be okay with that? And I think y'all had just owned a property in Jersey. We just bought a condo. Right. Like, <laughs> I didn't forget that. I forgot that. We, we that condo in Jersey. And just bought a condo. I'm like, would I be okay with that? Would I be okay giving up what I built? I became AVP at Bank of America and had a bustling career. Like, uh, well, what about my job? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's some different level of faith. Not only you putting your faith in God, you putting faith in this human being. Yeah. Um, that's what. That's but again, those vibes on that day. You know what I mean? She believes in them and, and and she walks in it and she would challenge me and it would not be a, a, a easy road to get to the decision making day. But at the end of the day, she'll let me make that final decision and she'll respect it. And, you know, go and stand by you, stand by it. And mm-hmm. she might curse me out when the door is cold. She's going she gonna to stand up with me when we outside. <laughs> God, built, God built her with the armor that was needed in order to help. Absolutely. And that's what gets you to where you are. But also, with the Delta woman, we... Oh, we God. Think, so we feel different. Wisdom. January 13, 1913. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Sheree. I'm so blessed to have you guys in my life, even out here in LA as well. Because, you know, it's kind of like everybody just jumped shit from New York and came Yeah, yeah, yeah the, Matt, the great exodus. <laughs> yes. But I wanted to ask you about yourself. What have you yeah. learned through that growth of love? Because y'all were in a relationship where y'all was dating yeah. or had a friendship. Then y'all started dating. Then mm-hmm. there was the engagement. Then there was the marriage. Then now you're you're bringing a you know your son into this world. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself through that growth of love? Whew. I learned that every day you have a choice. Mm. Every day you wake up, you have a choice. You have a choice whether you want to do right or do wrong. And I, every time, every opportunity I can, try and make the choice to do right. And that's not that it might not be a big opportunity to cheat tomorrow. It might not be a big opportunity to have a large blowout argument. It might not be the day in which you are about to determine a, a life move. But every day you had opportunity to, you know, choose what you're going to do right. You want to approach that right. If you want to um, go about this with your partner in a, in a certain way. Um, and we really, really, really try. And we go at each other. We are two strong personalities. We go at it. But we always resolve it before we go to bed. And then mm-hmm. next morning, we choose again. Come on. Whether we're going to do right. And Lord knows sometimes it's hard. Oh, my <laughs> God, I had to fight Nakia. Oh, my <laughs> God, this woman's from the Bronx. She is not the to deal with. But, you know what I mean? I, You know, in marriage counseling, and my dad's a pastor, he, he asked us, he was like, yo, uh, do you think Sheree has your best interest at heart? I said, yes, without a doubt. Mm. He said, Charles, um, do you, Shereen, do you think Charles has your best interest at heart? Yes, without a doubt. She said, so no matter what that delivery of that message is, no matter what the problem is, if you really truly believe that at the end of the day, they want what's best for you, you can get past it. You can yeah. get and I and that stuck with me. That stuck with me. So I'm like, her opinions and the way she delivering is all because she actually cares. Mm. And if that's the case. I can work with care. What I can't work with is I don't care. That's when you're in trouble. That's yeah. when the boat's rock, rock the boat. That's when. Right. 
whatever you want. Whatever you want. You can holler at that. Yo, when they stop carrying you in trouble. <laughs> okay. Being a father. So yeah. now you're you a husband, you're a father. How has fatherhood impacted you and the type of man that you are today? Has it changed anything in you? Yeah. How do you see yourself now looking back in the mirror versus the man that you were prior to having a child? Um, I, I truly feel like, you know, being a father is like the epitome of anything that I've ever wanted mm. in my life. You know what I mean? If you had to have me list the number one thing I wanted to be defined as, and it's not CEO, it's not husband. I love my wife. But it's father. Like that is what really, truly mattered to me. Um, one of the major changes, and I'll say this to be funny, but like I cry. I can't, I can't, I'm a crier now. I was never a crier, but after that baby comes out, something happens to you. I can't watch movies no more. I'll be having to turn away because I'm like, I don't want to cry over this silly show. But like I literally cannot stop my tears and anything emotional happens because like after that birth, that that changed me. But you know, loving another person. When I got married, I never thought I could love somebody more than that mm. and on the the day that she gave birth i was like there's no way i can love somebody more than what she just went through for me to to give me a child mm. but then you hold that baby oh my god no disrespect to me <laughs> <laughs> then you hold that baby it's like it is your duty to love protect and nurture and this mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's literally the most beautiful thing ever. So when you talk about the way this changed me, it, it motivated me 10 times over. Like there's no stopping me. There's no getting me off of my game because I have somebody else that I have to make sure is taken care of. Um, and that, that really like refocused me, repurposed me, gave me ambition to try things that I wasn't willing to try before. Mm. Um, and and really, I, I pushed the envelope after CJ was born. Yeah, for sure. And he isn't he just amazing? Oh. He is just this light of joy. That's my boy. I remember the baby shower in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, that was, was doing the reveal. And <laughs> you know, the boy, it was just like we went crazy. We were, yo, you've been around for a minute, I've girl. Been <laughs> Yo, yo, gender reveal was crazy. That yeah. was crazy. It was just, I mean, it's just amazing to just see those things, right? And then to see yeah. moments between friends and to see mm -hmm. them evolve. And so seeing that of you to now, that's why I'm like, let me ask that question and reflect yeah. back and where you are now. But also, like, now that you have a son, what piece of advice would you give your son when they encounter their own fears, as they start to formulate with fear, because as a child right now, everything is free. Freedom, they don't know fear. Off the stairs, I'm just gonna jump off this ledge and nothing's gonna happen, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we're dealing with right now. Uh, but when when he gets to the point where he has to like deal with fear, mm -hmm. um, I guess my advice to him would be, don't let nobody else stop you, man. Like, fear is, Fear is self-imposed. Like mm -hmm. we put that on ourselves. Um, we put limits on ourselves. Nobody else put limits on that, on us. God didn't put no limits on us. It's something that we ourselves conceived is not possible. And and I want to make sure that I'm empowering him to think that anything is possible. Yeah. And a lot of that, you know, happened for the previous generation when Barack was uh president, you know, that that show, like, yo, literally, like anything is now possible. Yeah. Um, and I want to continue that manifestation. Like you walk 
every day. Like no dream is too big. You got to work at it. You got to be strategic about it. You got to take those blows and those pitfalls and readjust and, and reconvene and rethink. But no, you, it, nothing is impossible. Yeah. Um, I can be a walking testament to that. And then everything that I'm empowering him to do, um, just have him, you know, when I'm not in that room and he has the opportunity to step fear in his face that he really feels like, no, no, I'm not scared of this. We're going to do it. And that's Absolutely. Not, and I think the core too, uh, you even just mentioned in fear is that a lot of times with fear, we think about all of the ways in which something could not work versus yeah. just doing it. When the thought comes in like, oh, I have an idea I want to do X, Y, Z, just do it. Don't even think about all the ways that it's going to be blocked. Just Absolutely. go for it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we get in our own heads. Yeah. Too much out of time in our own heads versus like actually just putting that energy that you just thought of that creative idea out into the universe. So um, I'm a, I'm truly excited to see uh, CJ grow up and evolve as I've seen y'all, you and Shereen evolve. Not the business. He the future on the house party, believe me. Listen, it's going to be a whole new thing. We're going to be like, <laughs> but I want to go back a little bit into your journey more so at this point, right? Because we looked at kind of your trajectory and how what led you here. At this point in your life, what truly makes you happy? What truly brings you joy? Uh, what brings me joy is being with my family, mm-hmm. uh, seeing them happy. Like that, to me, brings me happiness at its paramount peak. You know what I mean? Being able to be with my mom, see them, my, my, my dad with their grandchildren. Like that's just like, that's a different type of joy. And those are the moments that, you know, I don't necessarily always put out on the internet, but those are the ones that like are really important to me. Um, also like spending time with people, like I'm a people person. That's, you know, my, if you had to be my love language is quality time. I like to be around my people. Yeah. Um, and, and being with my friends, man, that's just, that's a joy that I, look forward to regularly. That's why I gather people as often as I possibly can, because that makes me happy. Not getting things from people, not, you know what I mean? Profiting off of the gathering of people. I just like to have my friends together and I I do that regularly. Um, So those are things that make me happy. And also um, from a career perspective, I love helping people accomplish their goals and their dreams. So that's really why I stepped into being a recruiter. Like there's no greater joy. Obviously there's a financial component that comes with, you know, people taking new jobs. So, I mean, a, I'm getting people more money normally than they ever gotten before and putting them in a better situation mm-hmm. to provide for their family, but I'm giving them an opportunity. Um, and everybody just needs an opportunity to show what they are. And it might, this could be a setup for who knows what for them. Um, and so that's why, that's why I wanted to be able to become a recruiter. So amazing how you can know what taps into vibrating your frequency higher by connecting with people and being able to invest back into people who have not had those opportunities. And it's so many times people are still searching for what is my calling? What is my purpose? How do I tap into people? How do I do these things? And for you to know that and and really have that as like down pack and be able to recharge that or rejuvenate that inside you every time you can. That's an important thing to know and to have your pulse on, particularly at this time, like at this age, like we're all inside. So how can I continue to make sure that I'm vibrating at a high frequency, even though right now the state of the world is vibrating at a a low, 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 low <laughs> frequency right now. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think it's very important that you continue to go back into connecting with people to mm-hmm. impact people's lives through opportunity. 
Yeah. Um, and I, and I want that to be reset because I want people to know that is the, your character. That's the type of man that you are. And that's the type of man that a friend that I've gotten to know over the years. So I really wanted to emphasize that. What has kept you rooted since we're talking about the frequencies of what's going on right now, what has kept you rooted despite life storms that are coming your way? Right now we're in COVID. Nobody could have ever expected yeah. this. What's keeping you grounded? What's keeping you rooted? Um, I have such a good nucleus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I said, my dad's a pastor. Uh, my mom, as long as I've known her, has worked two to three jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother is a Harvard MBA CFO track at Prudential. My my just circle of family. Um, I we got it all covered. We got it. We got it all covered. So you know what I mean. I I, I say I, I I stay close to what's real, mm-hmm. and that's real. It is and is you know solid as I'm doing as Shereen's doing. You know we have parents that have been affected by COVID. My mom lost her job. Shereen's mm-hmm. on furloughed. Um, and I'm grateful every day that we're in position to make sure that they're good, you know what I mean, despite this situation. But, you know, reality is constantly doubling back and, and, and yeah. hitting us and being like, okay, don't don't get too high on your horse. You know what I mean? Don't, don't think everything's perfect. And, and I would say in this time, I've been very thoughtful about my approach to this because there's so many people that's been impacted, so many people um, that's been affected by it, my, my family included. So I'm, I'm just really, you know, just trying to think about how I can be of help. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and again, staying grounded, staying rooted, not getting too high, not getting it too low. Cause being in this house, you can get a little low. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of sitting back strategizing how I can make a bigger place to really impact a good amount of people. Um, and I'm thinking I'm coming up on something that I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to keep that close. We're not doing no hot takes on Ain't no hot take on <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but I, I think I could come up with something that could really, um, has some broader impact and as much as I could do to make people feel good by just doing a virtual party, jam, dancing around, I want to do something that, that yeah. really actually tangibly touches somebody. Absolutely. So that's that's just where I met with this whole pandemic. Yeah. Well, I'm sending my players to your both of y'all mothers who oh, thank you. have been thank affected you. by it. I, I know so many people every day mm-hmm. yeah. the state of what's happening is just changing and yeah. I really do pray people are staying safe and staying home now more than ever to know that you both are sticking very close to your families and being Mm -hmm. as supportive as possible. I just Mm -hmm. want to send my prayers out as well to your family during this time. I want to close off the conversation and ask you, do you feel like you're living your ancestors' wildest dreams? That's without a doubt. Um, I think in every nuance of life that we experience um, Mm. in these 2000s. Like, it's crazy from the discrimination and things and the slavery, like every aspect of my life would not have been possible if I was just born in a different generation. So when you you ask questions like that, man, the the level of gratefulness that I have, that I can be a homeowner and I be biased against the loan, that I can live in Los Angeles, California, that I can just visit the South and throw parties and yeah. be allowed in venues. And yeah, we have some sort of racism that still exists. And, um, you know, I, I'm encountered in a party space and this doesn't leave a good feeling, but I'm like, it was a, it's a, there was a different type of racism, um, some time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being able to really truly like embody the poise 
that our ancestors had when we are faced with those things and just being able to overcome that type of stuff, but also just remaining grateful, man. And and that's, that's a word of mine. Like I am so grateful mm-hmm. to have the life that I have to things that we take for granted, like just having, you know, a, a baby born nine months, you know what I mean? Like these things that you just kind of go on and think it's supposed to happen. It doesn't have to happen that way. Yeah. I'm constantly reminded that, you know, God's plan and trusting his trusting his plan has just worked out well for me. And I'm just grateful that, you know, I'm in a predicament that I'm in and I'm living a life that I'm living right now. Um, so absolutely. He's never taken his hands off you. Man. Man. I don't want him to take it off, bro. Okay. <laughs> don't don't take them off. Keep your hands. <laughs> I ain't never want no other man's hands on me as much as I need the Lord's hands. He can keep his hands on me. Okay. <laughs> Yo, you're crazy. <laughs> well, I used it. One, one, I want to thank you so much for taking the time Absolutely. to talk to me. I'm so glad. Absolutely. Um, it definitely helped for me and my vibrations to be more high and more positive just by speaking to you, seeing your face, laying hands on you, you know, or eyes on you and making sure that all is well over at your household and that you're doing well. But I usually like to end off the episode with a quote that relates back to your fear. So I have two based on, um, originally I had like manifesting your destiny as well as being broke. So, <laughs> so I got two. I yeah, got love you here, love you here. And I'm kind of like, I don't know how hard I want to go because I got two broke ones. So I'm like, oh, which one? Okay. So I'm going to go with the the PG version. So I have being broke is hard. Being wealthy is hard. Choose your heart. Mm-hmm. Anonymous. That's okay. anonymous quote right there. So it's like both of them are hard, but choose your heart. Two different type of problems right there. Two different type of problems. <laughs> what problem do you want? Okay. If I said the other okay. one, you were going to be dying. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to see you that on the side. Uh, <laughs> then the other quote that I have is it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped Tony Robinson mm, moments of decision that your destiny wow so it's in the moments that you decide in every decision you make that your destiny is shaped and I feel like in our conversation you took us through every decision that was made in leaps of faith that you took in order mm-hmm. to lead you to where you are now. And, and, and trust me, there's still more to come. I know God got some things up his sleeve. Yeah, we're not stopping. We're going to keep going. But just to see the things that have been manifested, like yeah. that's all based on decisions that you made mm-hmm. that led you to where you are. So I wanted to give those two quotes to bring it back full circle. Um, I want to thank you again so much for chatting with me. I want to tell everybody out there I'm wishing y'all love, light, and a peace of mind inside of your homes. Charles, I don't know if you got anything you want to say before we. I want to. I, I want to thank you, uh, a for this platform. You know, you you give me to be an open book because uh, you, my sister, I know you for a long time. I've seen your growth as well. It's amazing. I'm glad that you continue to push this. I'm speaking sponsorships into this. I'm speaking a lot of future fire things that's going to come from this. So you keep going. I'm talking essence that stages. I yeah. could keep going. So you, you stick to what you're passionate about in your craft and um, the way that you phrase your questions, the way that you pull things out and did your research. I ain't, she know me, but she, she, she was hitting you with stuff that she had to research. I ain't just volunteer some of this. Um, so, so good work. And everybody out there, man, um, 
I'm a faith-based individual, so that kind of just comes out in everything that I say because that's just really the way that I walk. But I just want everybody to leave this interview, um, this conversation, feeling inspired, man, to just do. Um, Nike got it right when they said just do it. And I, and I trust and I believe every day that if you just do something, you work towards that dream, that goal by doing something. You already don't do nothing. If you do something, you are making big, huge steps in the right direction to change your life. And that's all I got to say. Thank you so much. And I, I receive it. I receive it, Lord. <laughs> you are crazy. Get me off this recording. <laughs> well, Shereen, tell CJ I said hi. We will continue to stay in contact, of course, during this. But thank you so much again. No problem, dear. This was fun. Bye-bye. Fearless kid, we out. Peace. We out. Peace.